Welcome ghosts, ghouls, witches, ETs, mortals, and everyone in between to the Woo Woo Podcast, a podcast for the spiritually open-minded. In this podcast, we talk about the magical, the mystical, the occult, the paranormal, and everything considered extraordinary and, well, woo woo. My purpose is to expand your consciousness by challenging your thoughts and your beliefs. Think you know everything there is to know about this mysterious universe? Think again, because it's about to get woo-woo. Hey everyone, welcome back to the 11th episode of the Woo Woo Podcast. I know I haven't made a podcast episode in a while. It's been quite a while. I got so caught up in other things, but I'm honestly excited to be back and I have quite a few episodes planned out for you guys um, and I promise to be more consistent. So if you're new here, welcome to the Woo Woo Podcast. This is a podcast for the spiritually open-minded. I'm your host, Ivy Martinez. You may or may not know me as uh, Intuitive Ivy from my paranormal and occult TikTok and YouTube channels. Recently, I've been alerted that I've been having a few scammers. So there are a few people that are pretending to be me on social media. So make sure that um, when you follow me that I am intuitive IVM. There's no underscores. There's no additional letters, but there's a lot of scammers going around and they're pretending to be me and they're private messaging people asking them for a reading. I will never private message you asking if you want a reading. If you want a reading from me, you can directly go to my website, which is unearthlytreasures.com. That is the only place where you can get a reading for me. I'm not going around private messaging people asking for their cash app or anything like that. So if that happens to you, that's not me. (laughs) So going forward, I wanted to be a little bit more organized with this podcast and the way that uh, these episodes are planned out. So because we spirituality and the occult and all of this that I'm talking about is very diverse, I wanted to uh, separate the episodes by category. So uh, one week I'll be covering a magical episode where we'll be talking about witchcraft and the occult. The next week is going to be followed by a mystical episode where we're covering supernatural mysteries and then followed by the following week where we're going to be covering a paranormal supernatural topic. This week is going to be magical week. So we are covering a magical witchcraft occult topic. And today we're going to be talking all about glamour magic, what it is, what it isn't. We're going to get into the dark side of glamour magic. We'll also get into some tricks, tips, spells, and ways that you can utilize glamour magic. So hold on to your mirrors because it's about to get woo-woo. Okay, so what exactly is glamour magic? So I have two different definitions for glamour magic. I'll start with a simple one. So glamour magic is using your aura or your appearance to change the energies around you to achieve the outcome that you desire. Now for the second, it's not difficult to notice the differences between witchcraft and movies and how it really shows up in our everyday lives, right? Like witchcraft, the way that you see it in The Wizard of Oz and how it's portrayed on movies and stuff is not really how it is. We can, we all know that glamour magic cannot change your hair or your eye color, although coloring your hair can be a part of a form of glamour magic if it's done with the right intentions but it's not like the craft where you can just like put your hair back and then all of a sudden it's a different color like that's not really how it works 
At its simplest form, glamour magic creates an illusion, basically, influencing the way that people perceive you. So when you cast the glamour, you take control of the way that you want to be seen. So anybody can use this. It's not just for women or it's not just for men. Anyone is open and able to use this sort of method. So uh, a popular form of glamour magic goes by the name of positive affirmations. Yes, you heard that right. Positive affirmations is a form of glamour magic. You repeat this mantra to yourself over and over again until you believe it's true. The saying, fake it till you make it, is a glamour of a sort. You're training your mind to become the ideal version of yourself until you and everyone else around you believes it, and by default, it becomes true. Just like with any spell, when you believe something to be true, it shifts that energy for that outcome to become reality. Another word for this is basically using quantum physics or, or manifesting the law of attraction, right? That, that's all a form of glamour magic. You can think of it like method acting. When an actor is studying for a role, they may become the character. If you know what method acting is, Heath Ledger was like a big person that would do that. You basically become the character. You're fully embodying the character. So once you're on screen or on stage, the viewer really believes that they are the character. Many actors even admit that it's difficult to take off this glamour when they're off screen. So for your own inspiration of the energy that you want to embody, you might choose those archetypes like gods or goddesses or your favorite fictional characters, depending on exactly who you need in a certain situation. For example, creating an alter ego. Um, I forgot with um, Joaquin Phoenix, I believe, was one that would really take method acting seriously when he played the role of the Joker. And when he wasn't playing the Joker, literally he hired people to basically remind him like, hey, you're not the Joker. You're not the Joker when he was off screen. So people really take this seriously. Alter ego is a big thing that a lot of celebrities have. Uh, Jay-Z, Beyonce, even Kanye have their own alter egos, this alternate persona that take, they take on when they're on stage. And in various, when, when they need to, basically, when they're doing interviews or anything like that, they might need to put on this persona so that other people see them the way that they want to be seen. So why, why cast a glamour? So the first thing that comes to mind, again, for the reason to cast a glamour is for a first date right? That, that might be the first thing that comes to your mind. Why do you want to cast the glamour? Ooh, first date, that, that'll be the perfect time to start. Because you want to seem more intriguing to another person. Another great example of a time that you might want to try to cast the glamour would be like a job interview. When you want your potential employer to see you in a favorable light. And this is something that I frequently do when it's a job that I really, really want. I'll put on this glamour. I'll put on this persona. I'll become this like overly energized person, which I mean, I guess I kind of am. But like I'll pump it up an extra, an extra notch for, for this uh, job interview. And it, and it works. It really, really works. Um, so a glamour can make your strengths stronger or more noticeable. However, 
You can also use it to make people not notice you. Yes, vice versa. You can use it to make people not notice you as well. An example of this would be at work or school. While you're studying, you don't want to be bothered by someone who might distract you. You can turn on that glamour and not to be, be disturbed. Just like when you're changing up your hair or you're putting on nice clothes, can help you make you feel confident from the outside in, casting a glamour can actually help you feel confident from the inside out. There are so many different types of glamour magic and the way that you dress can be one. At its core, glamour magic deals with embodiment, which can include expressing how you want to feel inside on the outside. It starts from within, moving that energy throughout your body to create change. And when you feel good about yourself, in turn, others will see you as more attractive. They say that like your confidence is everything. Confidence is the key to everything. That is my mantra for this month. April is my self-love month. So confidence is the key to everything. If you see yourself as the shiznit people are gonna see you as that that's the thing like you i don't know how many times like there there have been people that aren't exactly the some people might not call exactly attractive but still they radiate this energy that draws so many other people towards them why glamour confidence so There is a dark side to glamour magic, just like all things. All things have two sides of the coin. They all have a light side. They all have a dark side. And that's no different with glamour magic. So, as I mentioned, a, a common problem that method actors have is forgetting how to return back to real life from their role. Depending on the type of glamour that you're casting, this could be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. If you're using them like positive affirmations to help you become a better version of yourself, obviously it's not going to be a bad thing. However, if you're using them to pretend to be somebody that you're not, it's going to cause problems in the long run. You don't want to have to constantly keep up an act and turn into this false version of yourself. This is not only deceptive, but often many intuitive people can see through this and it causes them not to trust you because something just feels off and that's very true there's something like i'm i'm that type of person that like even if somebody's like super confident their vibe will not be right and i'll tell other people like hey there's something off about this person there's something off i don't trust this person and come to find out like they they weren't they were hiding their true nature So generally, glamour should be used as a one-time thing or a short-term fix. Even in their positive aspect, glamour should never be used as a replacement for professional therapy. Just remember that, you guys. Casting a glamour can work wonders for things like social anxiety um, or, you know, other other things like positive affirmations obviously that's going to be a good thing that you can do long term but you can always combine it with therapy as a way to help you feel more confident while working through deeper issues instead of trying to cover them up so now let's get into some tips and some tricks to glamour magic 
So before we get into the different types of spells or ways to do glamour magic, I want to go over some beneficial tips and tricks. So number one, bless your glamour objects. Yes, you can do this. Blessing your glamour objects will help you enhance any glamour practice that you decide to do. The first line of business is to choose which object you'd like to bless. You can bless several things or just with one. Wearing multiple blessed objects could provide you with more of that glamour energy. Remembering to choose things that reflect your goals. So, for example, if you want to attract love or improve confidence, you might want to bless your lipstick or another beauty item. If you want to improve fitness, you can bless a pair of your running shoes. And here are some other ideas. So, some beauty items that you could possibly bless with your glamour magic would be mascara, foundation, blush, perfume, hair. You can use hairspray, gel, combs, brushes, shampoo even. Clothes, jackets, shoes, scarves, jewelry, rings, earrings, necklaces. All of that can help you bless all of you can bless all of that with glamour magic. After choosing the right moon phase, which we'll talk about in the next tip, you can get your space ready for cleaning and decluttering. On the evening of the moon of your choice, which again I'm going to go into next, sit with your object in your left hand, whatever object you want to bless with your glamour magic. Your left hand is your receiving hand, and as you're asking the receive to receive energy, this is going to be your ideal hand to hold your object in. Once you're comfortably seated, close your eyes and state your intentions. Your intentions are what you hope to get out of this object, like more confidence, a soulmate, a better job, etc. You can state your intentions with this sentence, I wish to receive blank, whatever it is you want. I wish to receive more confidence. I wish to receive this job opportunity. I wish to receive my next love. I don't know. With your eyes closed, imagine colorful, vibrant energy swirling around your object. Picture the object really absorbing that energy. And after a few minutes, you can open your eyes because the blessing's now complete. So number two, tip number two is choosing the right moon phase. You can perform your blessing or your glamour magic spell or ritual at any time and any day, but some days are honestly better than others depending on what your goal is. So here are some different moon phases that are going to help you plan your whole glamour routine. New moons. These signify fresh starts and are great for shadow work, getting in touch with parts of yourself that you've repressed. If you plan to heal your repressed side through glamour magic, perform your blessing during a full moon or perform your ritual or spells. Waxing moons, so waxing as in like after the new moon when waxing moon is when it's growing and getting closer and closer to the full moon. These are the phases in which the process of becoming bigger and brighter are the perfect time to cast spells when it comes to growth. So if you want to achieve growth through your glamour, you can do your rituals or your spells during the waxing phase. Next is the full moon, and this is some powerful energy. So this energy might be too intense and chaotic to bless a simple object, for example, but if you're looking for some very intense energy, 
that you want to work with to do some big glamour magic spell, you can do your blessing during a full moon. Next, lastly, <laughs> we have the waning moon. The waning moon is basically the opposite, opposite of the waxing moon. Whereas the waxing moon, the moon is getting bigger and bigger till it becomes the full moon. The waning moon is when the moon is getting smaller and smaller until we go back to the new moon. So this is when things are starting to shrink and move back into a new moon, like I said. Waning moons are ideal when you need to remove something toxic from your life. Perhaps you want to move on from a breakup or a toxic friend. You can perform these rituals during a waning moon. Tip number three is how to cleanse and recharge your glamour tools. So if you're wearing your glamour tools every day, you should cleanse and recharge them monthly. You can clean clean or cleanse your items the way that you bless them. However, instead of imagining this colorful, vibrant energy swirling around it like the first time that you did it, you just imagine a pure white light purifying it. Tip number four is you can use crystals and minerals. Crystals and minerals are great natural ingredients that can help boost self-esteem. Renee Watt for example, is a psychic, a witch, and she's the host of the Witch Doctorate podcast, and she recommends pyrite to drown out negativity. Place the pyrite on your solar plexus chakra, which is right above your belly button, because it rules confidence and drive. She also says that rose quartz is another amazing option because placing rose quartz on your heart chakra as you breathe slowly, will help to overcome any deep-rooted insecurities that hold you back from achieving success. Now, how do you conduct a glamour spell? Yes, we went over the tips, the tricks. Now, let's go ahead and talk about how to get into, how to do a basic glamour spell. So, now that you know how to bless your tools for your spells, Let's learn how to do this step by step. This is a basic glamour spells. Then we're going to get into some alternative ways that you can do glamour spells or glamour rituals. So step number one is going to be to choose your intention and your outcome. So what outcome are you desiring out of this glamour spell? So the first step, this is probably the most important step, by the way, without detailing exactly what you want to happen, you may find that your beauty spell goes haywire. For example, instead of getting that dream job, they hired you to do something complete in a completely different apartment. So you might, if you're like, oh, I want to work at, I don't know, a, a the Toys R Us law firm. I don't. Toys R Us is extinct. I don't even know why I use that as an example. <laughs> Toys R Us law firm. What is wrong with me? Okay, we're just gonna go with it. You get hired there, and you instead of getting the position that you want exactly, you they have you just running around being the coffee person. So intention setting in this stage is crucial. But you don't need to do anything fancy here. You can simply just write down what you want clearly with as much detail as you can. That'll work. Make sure that you're clear on your intention and try to feel the outcome as if it's already happening. This is also called scripting. 
For example, if you're wanting confidence, feel it as you write it down. What would it feel like to be confident? Feel your spine standing straighter. How would you walk? How would you talk? How would you carry yourself if you already have that confidence? Getting in as much detail and really feeling and tuning into that is going to help bring it towards you. And this is also the law of attraction. Number two is appearance. Making sure to look the part. Dress for your intention using color magic, sigils, crystals, scents, and other things to enhance your glamour. Some example for these things can include using color magic as it corresponds in the choice of your nail polish. For example, wearing bright red can symbolize power, intent, and energy. You can also draw a sigil on your cheeks with a stick blush before blending it out. So to find a sigil that will fit your desires, you can either Google a sigil or you can always look up something like the Theban alphabet and put together your own unique sigil. Clearly and intently lining your lips so you're able to communicate freely and with intention is another form of glamour intention. Wearing a crystal around your neck, again, will also aid your intention. For example, rose quartz can invoke feelings of self-love and romance if your desire is to feel more confident. Anointing yourself with an oil blend or a scent that suits your needs, again, using uh, vanilla, rose, and jasmine, for example, can be used for attraction and self-love. Number three. Step number three into conducting your glamour spell is to harness your energy. So now's the hardest part of your glamour, manipulating your aura to affect the environment around you. An aura is basically this electromagnetic energy field that surrounds people, animal, and things. Animal, animals, <laughs> and things. So to do this, press your palms firmly together, hold them upright against your chest. This should look like a, like a praying pose. Now concentrate slowly and move your palms apart until they're about two inches apart from each other. Stay here and focus on the space between your palms. Notice the pressure between them. Is there temperature fluctuation? What else can you feel in your palms? Now imagine that there's a small glowing ball of energy forming in that space between your palms. As it begins to grow, move your palms further outward until it's the size of a basketball. As you hold your energy there, whisper your intention into the ball. Like, I wish to be confident. Then release the ball of energy and then drop it over your head like it's an oversized water balloon. That's it. Three simple steps for a basic glamour spell. So, although this is one basic way of conducting a glamour spell, it's not the only way. There's definitely plenty of other ways to conduct glamour magic. So let's get into the different ways that you're able to conduct this glamour magic. Okay, so here are a few other ways to do glamour magic. Number one would be to do a beauty ritual. So instead of thinking of the glamour magic as three separate steps or an entirely separate spell from getting ready, you can instead create your own beauty ritual that helps you achieve the glamour that you're looking for within your own regular beauty routine. It does take some effort and some planning to create a full ritual, but honestly, it can be 100% worth it. Number two is to create a self-love altar. Nothing magnifies beauty like self-love. On your vanity or draw dressing table, you can place a photo of yourself. Yes, a photo of yourself, okay? Because we are all about treating each other or treating ourselves as our own goddess. 
We are all goddesses and gods. You can also add in a rose quartz, cinnamon stick. You can optional is to put like a statue of Venus, Aphrodite, Freya. If you do choose to work with deities, not everyone does. Um, and to keep the energy of the altar fresh, maintain a vase of fresh flowers and or anoint with some rose quartz, like I said, or some rose oil. Number three is to take a ritual bath. Glamour magic is also very useful to mend past traumas and insecurities. By incorporating bath magic into your routine, you can honestly use the properties of the water to help heal your physical and your emotional pain. When you're incorporating water with glamour, the energy within can reach this higher frequency. Water can exfoliate and cleanse the auric field, which can eliminate wounds, anger, and anxieties. Brie Luna, who is the owner and creator and direct, creative director of The Hood Witch, starts her glamour rituals with a really nice, long, relaxing bath using my favorite scented bath salts and oils with music to set the mood. Listen to songs that make you feel powerful and gorgeous. End quote. After soaking in the bath for about 20 minutes, step out completely naked and allow your body to air dry in front of a large mirror. Then massage your favorite body oils on your skin and spray yourself with perfume. After you've dried off, look in the mirror and state personal affirmations of power, such as, I am powerful, I am confident, I love myself, I am abundant, things like that. Another thing you can do that's also glamour magic is to make a charm. Bruja and tarot reader Valeria Rulas, also known as the Mexican Witch, says to take a small organza bag, a safety pin, and the following dried herbs. St. John's wort, lavender buds, and dried spearmint. St. John's wort is basically a magical herb known to have incredible healing properties, including those that heal depression. And she says that she uses it because of its uplifting properties. Valeria also says, quote, Hold the herbs in your palm, whisper your intention, and then add them into your charm bag. When you're done, pin the charm to the inside of your shirt or bra or near your hips and on your pants. These herbs are sure to make you feel super confident. Lavender also has the added benefit of attracting people to you, so this charm will help amplify your attractiveness and magnetism if you want better luck in dating and love, end quote. Remember that true power comes from within, so if you commit to the right intention and use glamour magic to manifest your personal goals, it can help you achieve maximum success in all areas of your life. Attaining one's dreams starts with a proper mindset, and adding glamour magic to your daily routine can really help you excel at such endeavors and encourage you to shoot the stars, so shoot for the stars without fear or hesitation. Another thing you can do is a mirror spell. So you can take a small mirror and place it on the altar. You can light it a stick of rose or cinnamon incense between you and the mirror and then close your eyes. Imagine, imagining your most flattering qualities like your sense of generosity or compassion. Then open your eyes and stare into the mirror through the smoke. Emote your inner beauty through your eyes and watch them flash with a new intensity. You can also work with the Empress card. 
That's another way of conducting glamour magic. So if you don't want to work with a DET, you can actually work with a tarot card archetype. This is a new method that I honestly barely found out about. But to do this, you grab a deck of tarot cards, choose the Empress card, and place it on your altar. The, ep- the Empress archetype represents a strong, powerful beauty and of womanhood in full bloom. You can surround it with dried roses, and once a month during the full moon, sweep away the old dried roses and replace them with new ones. You can always work with a love or beauty deity like Aphrodite or Freya if you so wish, but I didn't mention it here because working with a deity may require a little bit more effort and not everyone's comfortable in doing this. Like I said, it's entirely up to you. I've called on Aphrodite once in a tarot reading and I was pleasantly surprised by how loving she was. I feel like she gets a lot of bad rap and uh, Aphrodite, she, she's pretty cool. <laughs> so, um, so, I want to conclude with something that Mystic Sin El Sol says. It takes time and dedication to process the glamours. They do fade if you're working on enhancing or strengthening your glamour magic. It's best to incorporate a daily ritual such as the mirror mantra. Glamour magic is rooted in positive energy. So before you begin, get those vibes right. So thank you again to, or thank you to occultworld.com, the witch's guide, divinetwist.com, moodymoons, velamore.com, and teen vogue for creating all the articles that I compiled to do the research for this podcast episode. If you haven't yet, feel free to check out my YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, all as intuitive IVM. That's M like Mary, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. Welcome ghosts, ghouls, witches, ETs, mortals, and everyone in between to the Woo Woo Podcast, a podcast for the spiritually open-minded. In this podcast, we talk about the magical, the mystical, the paranormal, everything considered extraordinary, and, well, woo-woo. My purpose is to expand your consciousness by challenging your thoughts and your beliefs. Think you know everything there is to know about this mysterious universe? Think again, because it's about to get woo-woo. Hey guys, and welcome back to the woo-woo podcast. So I'm so excited because today is a paranormal day. So I want to talk all about ghosts, real ghost encounters that people have had. Why? Because I have recently been like binge listening to this one podcast called Two Girls, One Ghost, and I am absolutely obsessed. And they do a lot of encounters episodes where they get like their listeners to send them or email them their ghost stories, their real ghost stories. And 
then they read them out loud. So I went online and looked up some people's ghost stories that they supposedly really encountered and I wanted to go ahead and get started and just read them right away so I just wanted to jump right into it so I hope everybody's doing good I hope you are you know not listening to this with the light turned off and in the complete darkness but if you do well (laughs) more props to you so let's just go ahead and get started The first one is, my uncle's house out on a very eastern part of New York was said to be haunted because the family that used to own it in the 1800s decided not to give it to the stableman and sold it instead. He and the maid were said to have haunted this place. We always used to joke that you would hear people or things moving at night, but since this house is so old, we used to just laugh it off. My uncle's friend and her sister stayed over one night, and the friend noticed a maid bringing towels down the stairs when she woke. She saw the maid again, bringing what looked like a percolator down the stairs. She was so impressed by my uncle's hiring staff. He's a neurologist in NYC, so he had a habit of spending a little bit extra. She went back to bed and woke up later and came downstairs to see my uncle and his friend chatting. She asked where the maid went, and thought that the maid was cooking breakfast. My uncle had no idea what she was talking about, and asked what she looked like. The sister, ex- My sister explained, and he laughed, walked her to the living room, and pointed to an old picture. She said that was the woman. My uncle replied, yeah, she's been dead for about a hundred years years oh my goodness i would be terrified imagine hiring or imagine like staying the night right and you think like oh your uncle just i don't know he hired this staff right like you think it's all like oh my gosh my uncle's so rich we're hiring he hired this staff and then you wake up and you find out that this maid never even she was never alive. Well, she, she, I mean, I, at one point, I guess, but she's, she's dead. She's a ghost. Like, how terrifying. I mean, I guess, like, it's, it's a good spirit, right? It seems like a good spirit. But I would be absolutely terrified. Next is my grand, my grandparents have a helpful ghost. Their house is built in the 1860s. This is sent by a, um, a username starting over against. And so he says that his grandparents' house was built in the 1860s, and they've lived in it since the 1960s. Over the years, various family members have heard the vacuum cleaner turn on its own, and the clothes and towels that were dropped on the floor before the bed have been folded and placed at the foot of the bed by morning. That sounds like a very helpful helpful ghost. Like, that's a ghost that I would want in my house. Like, it's going to clean for me? Yes, please. In an intense burst of procrastination one day, I looked up every mention of their address in their town's online newspaper archives and found out that the family that built the house had a daughter who grew up there, never married, and took care of her widowed father until she later died of old age. So I I figured the widowed father... Um, So I figured that the helpful ghost is just the daughter continuing to take care of people like she said she did her entire life 
Oh, like, that's a really sweet ghost. Like, I don't think that's scary at all. I wouldn't mind that ghost around my house. Next is a story from a user named C.T. Diabla. We have had ghosts in an old house that I lived in as a child. While being home alone, I could hear sweeping downstairs. Also, the tinkling of china and crystal from the dining room. It sounded like a party was happening and you could hear a Victorola. What is a Victorola? I walked downstairs and it all stopped. That's absolutely terrifying. Imagine just walking downstairs and all the noise that you had heard is just gone. Just gone. Next is a story from Ann Yu. She says, I've had two ghost encounters in the Gettysburg area. The first was while tracing the route of the 153rd PA. Infantry Co.C from Lower Sacken. My great times two grandfather, Edward Angungist, was with that unit. We found the knoll where Edward had been wounded, and my 35mm camera jammed. We returned to town and bought a disposable camera to go back for another try. Before the return, I tried the 35mm in the, get- in the town of Gettysburg, and it worked perfectly. The return to the knoll, however, again reproduced a jammed 35mm. It had been a great idea to buy the disposable. The second incident was in the historic Cash Town Inn, where some of the Confederate officers stayed. We stopped by for lunch. They no longer serve lunch. And when my spouse went to the restroom, I put my hand on the brick wall and asked if there was any spirit present. Please make yourself known by flickering the lights. Nothing happened. And I was disappointed, because this was supposedly a very active sight. When Tim returned to our table, he said, Wow, did you see that? I asked what. He said that the lights went out and then turned back on in the restroom. I told him what I had done, but that nothing had happened in the dining area. I've had other experiences, for example, a bread roll being knocked from my hand in the Honoraville Roadhouse and an ore picture taken in Savannah, Georgia. Sometimes these things come with being an empath. Can't blame you there. It does seem like there's, yeah, when you're an empath, you're very prone to having a lot of um, ghostly encounters. Next is a story by Angie M. I have two stories about my Nana on my mom's side. She lived with us when I was about five until I was 25. She passed a few months before I moved to my first apartment. The morning she passed, I heard her snoring. Our rooms were connected by a long closet that opened into both the rooms and we each used half of it. I went downstairs to take a shower before work. I set my watch on the sink counter, and I noticed that my hands weren't moving. My brain went, dang, my watch did stopped. Literally, an unspoken thought, and it didn't finish the word died. A month or two later, just before I moved into the apartment, I was returning home after movies at midnight and dropping off a friend, so it was nearly 3 a.m. I took the Summit Lawn exit from the I-78 and was about to cross the 145 because I lived on East Rock Road. I watched the traffic light for 145 turn yellow, red. My light turned green. I couldn't pick my foot up from the brake and hit the gas to move forward. It felt like a hand was on my ankle. 
A moment later, a pickup truck heading south blew through the red light on the 145. I would have been T-boned on the side of my car if I had gone when the light turned green. I sat there for about three more light cycles until I felt calm enough to continue home. So this ghost literally saved her life. That is so sweet. This, like, oh, that is so sweet. That ghost literally saved her life. That is adorable. So, we're going to... talk about another story this one doesn't have there's no username and there's no name it's anonymous my grandfather was a bad man alcoholic extremely violent tried to kill my grandmother in front of their kids one of his less horrible acts was abandoning my grandmother with their six kids all under the age of 12 some of his kids maintained minimal contact with him. He lived about 30 to 40 miles from my grandmother and the two kids who'd stayed in the area. When he was in his 80s, he was hospitalized and then passed away in the middle of the night. In the morning, his oldest child, one of my aunts, went to the morgue to identify the body and fill out the paperwork. On her way, she stopped, she stopped by my grandmother's to break the news. When she came in, my grandmother said, Oh, it's a sad day. He died just past midnight, I imagine. My grandmother had begun to show some signs of dementia or just basic old age, and so weird comments weren't too out of character. And my aunt assumed that the hospital, that the hospital or one of her siblings had already called to tell their mother the news. My aunt shook it all off and drove to the morgue. When she saw the death certificate, she was shocked to see the time of the death listed as 12.10 a.m. On her ride home, she stopped back at my grandmother's and asked her who had called her to tell her the news and asked why she said that she thought he died just past midnight. My grandmother said he came to see me at like 12.30 and we talked for a spell. He wanted to apologize for all he'd done to me and you kids. I think he made his peace and was able to move on, so I'm glad for that. My grandmother then resumed humming and doing a jigsaw puzzle. My grandmother knew her ex-husband had died and the approximate time of his death because he had visited her in the middle of the night. That is so creepy. But at the same time, it's kind of cute, right? Like, in the end, it seems like, you know, he made his peace. And so, I don't know. I think that's, like, kind of a cute little happy ending. So the next one is by Mad Rampager. Mad Rampager. <laughs> so I used to be in the military and the training camp bunk that we lived in was said to be haunted. Occasionally our stuff would go missing and reappear in weird places like under our bed or inside a bag that had been zipped up and stuff. No big deal, right? I mean, human error and all. Then came the instance that freaked everyone out. It was one night after lights out, and my friend was on his phone texting his girlfriend. Most of us were drifting off to sleep, and were laying on our beds, etc. Suddenly, he heard the shuffling of feet from the corridor. So, thinking that it was our sergeant, he quickly hid his phone under his pillow, rolled over on his side, and pretended to sleep. T 
Till this day, what happens next chills me to the bone. While he pretended to sleep, he heard someone right behind him at the other side of his bed going, Don't worry, you can continue to pretend to sleep. I would dismiss this as a figment of his imagination, except that about five other people around him heard it as well, including me. Creepier still, there was no one there, and it was the voice of a little girl that said it. For reference, our training camp was in the middle of an island, and it was set up away from the main admin blocks. The island had been closed by the government for army training purposes for the past 15 years, so there were no, definitely no civilians around, let alone kids, to make matters freakier. When we came back from our weekend home leave, there was a bunch of female hair on his bed, neatly bent, oh my god, bundled up, long and jet black, under a pillow was a note, remember me? That is so scary. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. Now, as I said, we were in the middle of a forest, in the middle of an island. And at that point in time, there were no female recruits or personnel on that island. Our bunks were locked up for the weekend, and the duty sergeant had no idea that this incident happened. We never spoke about it after that, and it still chills me to the bone to think about it. That is scary. That is so terrifying. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, gosh. No, I hate it. Next story is by Dog glass not douglas dog glass when i was about 16 years old i encountered something that still bugs me to this day i woke up around 6 a.m on a normal weekday and went downstairs to get ready for school no one else in my family had woken up at this point so i got in the shower still sleepy and could barely hold my eyes open after a few minutes of showering someone tried to get in and i told whoever it was that i was in the shower the person then per aggressively proceeded to open the door i saw the door handle going up and down like crazy and he she whatever knocked on the door harder and harder then it suddenly stopped didn't think much about it but when i got out of the shower i realized that nobody was up yet i proceeded to eating breakfast and after a while my dad came downstairs so i asked him if he was the one who wanted to use the bathroom earlier he said no, and that both my mom and my younger brother were still asleep, so it could not have been them either. And even if it had been a family member, they would not have tried to open the door so aggressively at 6 in the morning. That is so scary. Oh no. Oh no. Like, does anybody... My, my question is, like... Do you, do, does, does anybody in the house have a history of, um, what's it called? Sleepwalking. Because then that could, an that, that could explain it, right? Like when you sleepwalk, you don't, you're not really aware fully of what's happening. I'm going to read one last story and this is by Kim Jong-Funk. When I was in elementary school, I shared a queen size bed with my older sister and her family dog, a mutt that looked like a short-haired lassie would sleep at the foot of our bed every night when i was about six years old i woke up one night around midnight and saw a dark figure standing at the end of the bed 
The figure was entirely black without any eyes or a face. I tried to wake my sister up, but she rolled over to go back to sleep. My sister must have accidentally kicked the dog because the dog woke up and raised her head and started growling at the figure at the foot of our bed. The growling then woke my sister up and she saw the figure and started screaming. When my parents came into the room and turned the lights on, nothing was there. To this day, both my sister and I were are adamant that we saw a ghost or a demon in our room. We know we aren't crazy because our dog saw it too. Ah, chills. That is absolutely terrifying. So you guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this very first episode of like ghost encounters, real ghost encounters. I love it. I love telling ghost stories, especially if they are supposedly real. Um, I would love to also read your ghost stories. If you guys have any experiences with ghosts, you can always DM me on my Instagram at the dot woo woo podcast again that's the dot woo woo podcast or you can email me at the woo woo podcast at outlook.com again that's the woo woo podcast at outlook.com thank you guys so much for listening if you haven't yet check out my youtube at intuitive ivm that's m like mary check out our instagram at the dot woo woo podcast and also make sure that you follow and if you want to support me just rate this five stars on spotify or wherever it is that you're listening in so thank you so much and i hope you enjoy this episode bye Welcome ghosts, ghouls, witches, ETs, mortals, and everyone in between to the Woo Woo Podcast, a podcast for the spiritually open-minded. In this podcast, we talk about the magical, the mystical, the paranormal, everything considered extraordinary, and, well, woo-woo. My purpose is to expand your consciousness by challenging your thoughts and your beliefs. Think you know everything there is to know about this mysterious universe? Think again, because it's about to get woo-woo. Hey guys, and welcome back to the woo-woo podcast. So I'm so excited because today is a paranormal day. So I want to talk all about ghosts, real ghost encounters that people have had. Why? Because I have recently been like binge listening to this one podcast called Two Girls, One Ghost, and I am absolutely obsessed. And they do a lot of encounters episodes where they get like their listeners to send them or email them their ghost stories, their real ghost stories, and then they read them out loud. So I went online and looked up some people's 
ghost stories that they supposedly really encountered and I wanted to go ahead and get started and just read them right away so I just wanted to jump right into it so I hope everybody's doing good I hope you are you know not listening to this with the light turned off and in the complete darkness but if you do well (laughs) more props to you so let's just go ahead and get started The first one is, my uncle's house out on a very eastern part of New York was said to be haunted because the family that used to own it in the 1800s decided not to give it to the stableman and sold it instead. He and the maid were said to have haunted this place. We always used to joke that you would hear people or things moving at night, but since this house is so old, we used to just laugh it off. My uncle's friend and her sister stayed over one night, and the friend noticed a maid bringing towels down the stairs when she woke. She saw the maid again, bringing what looked like a percolator down the stairs. She was so impressed by my uncle's hiring staff. He's a neurologist in NYC, so he had a habit of spending a little bit extra. She went back to bed and woke up later and came downstairs to see my uncle and his friend chatting. She asked where the maid went, and thought that the maid was cooking breakfast. My uncle had no idea what she was talking about, and asked what she looked like. The sister, ex- My sister explained, and he laughed, walked her to the living room, and pointed to an old picture. She said that was the woman. My uncle replied, yeah, she's been dead for about a hundred years. Oh my goodness. I would be terrified. Imagine hiring or imagine like staying the night, right? And you think like, oh, your uncle just, I don't know. He hired this staff, right? Like you think it's all like, oh my gosh, my uncle's so rich. We're hiring, he hired this staff. And then you wake up and you find out that this maid never even she was never alive well she she i mean I, at one point i guess but she's she's dead she's a ghost like how terrifying i mean i guess like it's, it's a good spirit right it seems like a good spirit but i would be absolutely terrified next is my grand my grandparents have a helpful ghost their house is built in the 1860s this is sent by a um a username starting over against And so he says that his grandparents' house was built in the 1860s, and they've lived in it since the 1960s. Over the years, various family members have heard the vacuum cleaner turn on its own, and the clothes and towels that were dropped on the floor before the bed have been folded and placed at the foot of the bed by morning. That sounds like a very helpful helpful ghost. Like, that's a ghost that I would want in my house. Like, it's going to clean for me? Yes, please. In an intense burst of procrastination one day, I looked up every mention of their address in their town's online newspaper archives and found out that the family that built the house had a daughter who grew up there, never married, and took care of her widowed father until she later died of old age. So I I figured the widowed father... Um, so I figured that the helpful ghost is just the daughter continuing to take care of people like she said she did her entire life. Oh, like that's a really sweet ghost. Like I don't think that's scary at all. I wouldn't mind that ghost around my house. Next 
is a story from a user named C.T. Diabla. We have had ghosts in an old house that I lived in as a child. While being home alone, I could hear sweeping downstairs. Also, the tinkling of china and crystal from the dining room. It sounded like a party was happening and you could hear a Victorola. What is a Victorola? I walked downstairs and it all stopped. That's absolutely terrifying. Imagine just walking downstairs and all the noise that you had heard is just gone. Just gone. Next is a story from Ann Yu. She says, I've had two ghost encounters in the Gettysburg area. The first was while tracing the route of the 153rd PA. Infantry Co.C from Lower Sacken. My great times two grandfather, Edward Angungist, was with that unit. We found the knoll where Edward had been wounded, and my 35mm camera jammed. We returned to town and bought a disposable camera to go back for another try. Before the return, I tried the 35mm in the, get in the town of Gettysburg, and it worked perfectly. The return to the knoll, however, again reproduced a jammed 35mm. It had been a great idea to buy the disposable. The second incident was in the historic Cash Town Inn, where some of the Confederate officers stayed. We stopped by for lunch. They no longer serve lunch. And when my spouse went to the restroom, I put my hand on the brick wall and asked if there was any spirit present. Please make yourself known by flickering the lights. Nothing happened. And I was disappointed, because this was supposedly a very active site. When Tim returned to our table, he said, Wow, did you see that? I asked what. He said that the lights went out and then turned back on in the restroom. I told him what I had done, but that nothing had happened in the dining area. I've had other experiences, for example, a bread roll being knocked from my hand in the Honoraville Roadhouse and an ore picture taken in Savannah, Georgia. Sometimes these things come with being an empath. Can't blame you there. It does seem like there's, yeah, when you're an empath, you're very prone to having a lot of um, ghostly encounters. Next is a story by Angie M. I have two stories about my Nana on my mom's side. She lived with us when I was about five until I was 25. She passed a few months before I moved to my first apartment. The morning she passed, I heard her snoring. Our rooms were connected by a long closet that opened into both the rooms, and we each used half of it. I went downstairs to take a shower before work. I set my watch on the sink counter, and I noticed that my hands weren't moving. My brain went, dang, my watch did stopped. Literally, an unspoken thought, and it didn't finish the word died. A month or two later... Just before I moved into the apartment, I was returning home after movies at midnight and dropping off a friend, so it was nearly 3 a.m. I took the Summit Lawn exit from the I-78 and was about to cross the 145 because I lived on East Rock Road. I watched the traffic light for 145 turn yellow, red. My light turned green. I couldn't pick my foot up from the brake and hit the gas to move forward. It felt like a hand was on my ankle. A moment later, a pickup truck heading south blew through the red light on the 145. 
I would have been T-boned on the side of my car if I had gone when the light turned green. I sat there for about three more light cycles until I felt calm enough to continue home. So this ghost literally saved her life. That is so sweet. This, like, oh, that is so sweet. That ghost literally saved her life. That is adorable. So, we're going to... talk about another story this one doesn't have there's no username and there's no name it's anonymous my grandfather was a bad man alcoholic extremely violent tried to kill my grandmother in front of their kids one of his less horrible acts was abandoning my grandmother with their six kids all under the age of 12 some of his kids maintained minimal contact with him. He lived about 30 to 40 miles from my grandmother and the two kids who'd stayed in the area. When he was in his 80s, he was hospitalized and then passed away in the middle of the night. In the morning, his oldest child, one of my aunts, went to the morgue to identify the body and fill out the paperwork. On her way, she stopped, she stopped by my grandmother's to break the news. When she came in, my grandmother said, Oh, it's a sad day. He died just past midnight, I imagine. My grandmother had begun to show some signs of dementia or just basic old age, and so weird comments weren't too out of character. And my aunt assumed that the hospital, that the hospital or one of her siblings had already called to tell their mother the news. My aunt shook it all off and drove to the morgue. When she saw the death certificate, she was shocked to see the time of the death listed as 12.10 a.m. On her ride home, she stopped back at my grandmother's and asked her who had called her to tell her the news and asked why she said that she thought he died just past midnight. My grandmother said he came to see me at like 12.30 and we talked for a spell. He wanted to apologize for all he'd done to me and you kids. I think he made his peace and was able to move on, so I'm glad for that. My grandmother then resumed humming and doing a jigsaw puzzle. My grandmother knew her ex-husband had died and the approximate time of his death because he had visited her in the middle of the night. That is so creepy. But at the same time, it's kind of cute, right? Like, in the end, it seems like, you know, he made his peace. And so, I don't know. I think that's, like, kind of a cute little happy ending. So the next one is by Mad Rampager. Mad Rampager. <laughs> so I used to be in the military and the training camp bunk that we lived in was said to be haunted. Occasionally our stuff would go missing and reappear in weird places like under our bed or inside a bag that had been zipped up and stuff. No big deal, right? I mean, human error and all. Then came the instance that freaked everyone out. It was one night after lights out, and my friend was on his phone texting his girlfriend. Most of us were drifting off to sleep, and were laying on our beds, etc. Suddenly, he heard the shuffling of feet from the corridor. So, th thinking that it was our sergeant, he quickly hid his phone under his pillow, rolled over on his side, and pretended to sleep. Till this day, what happens next chills me to the bone. 
While he pretended to sleep, he heard someone right behind him at the other side of his bed going, Don't worry, you can continue to pretend to sleep. I would dismiss this as a figment of his imagination, except that about five other people around him heard it as well, including me. Creepier still, there was no one there, and it was the voice of a little girl that said it. For reference, our training camp was in the middle of an island, and it was set up away from the main admin blocks. The island had been closed by the government for army training purposes for the past 15 years, so there were no, definitely no civilians around, let alone kids, to make matters freakier. When we came back from our weekend home leave, there was a bunch of female hair on his bed, neatly bent, oh my god, bundled up, long and jet black, under a pillow was a note, remember me? That is so scary. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. Now, as I said, we were in the middle of a forest, in the middle of an island. And at that point in time, there were no female recruits or personnel on that island. Our bunks were locked up for the weekend, and the duty sergeant had no idea that this incident happened. We never spoke about it after that, and it still chills me to the bone to think about it. That is scary. That is so terrifying. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, gosh. No, I hate it. Next story is by Dog glass not douglas dog glass when i was about 16 years old i encountered something that still bugs me to this day i woke up around 6 a.m on a normal weekday and went downstairs to get ready for school no one else in my family had woken up at this point so i got in the shower still sleepy and could barely hold my eyes open after a few minutes of showering someone tried to get in and i told whoever it was that i was in the shower the person then per aggressively proceeded to open the door i saw the door handle going up and down like crazy and he she whatever knocked on the door harder and harder then it suddenly stopped didn't think much about it but when i got out of the shower i realized that nobody was up yet i proceeded to eating breakfast and after a while my dad came downstairs so i asked him if he was the one who wanted to use the bathroom earlier he said no, and that both my mom and my younger brother were still asleep, so it could not have been them either. And even if it had been a family member, they would not have tried to open the door so aggressively at 6 in the morning. That is so scary. Oh no. Oh no. Like, does anybody... My, my question is, like... Do you, do, does, does anybody in the house have a history of, um, what's it called? Sleepwalking. Because then that could, an that, that could explain it, right? Like when you sleepwalk, you don't, you're not really aware fully of what's happening. I'm going to read one last story and this is by Kim Jong-Funk. When I was in elementary school, I shared a queen size bed with my older sister and her family dog, a mutt that looked like a short-haired lassie would sleep at the foot of our bed every night when i was about six years old i woke up one night around midnight and saw a dark figure standing at the end of the bed 
The figure was entirely black without any eyes or face. I tried to wake my sister up, but she rolled over to go back to sleep. My sister must have accidentally kicked the dog because the dog woke up and raised her head and started growling at the figure at the foot of our bed. The growling then woke my sister up and she saw the figure and started screaming. When my parents came into the room and turned the lights on, nothing was there. To this day, both my sister and I were are adamant that we saw a ghost or a demon in our room. We know we aren't crazy because our dog saw it too. Ah, chills. That is absolutely terrifying. So you guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this very first episode of like ghost encounters, real ghost encounters. I love it. I love telling ghost stories, especially if they are supposedly real. Um, I would love to also read your ghost stories. If you guys have any experiences with ghosts, you can always DM me on my Instagram at the dot woo woo podcast again that's the dot woo woo podcast or you can email me at the woo woo podcast at outlook.com again that's the woo woo podcast at outlook.com thank you guys so much for listening if you haven't yet check out my youtube at intuitive ivm that's m like mary check out our instagram at the dot woo woo podcast and also make sure that you follow and if you want to support me just rate this five stars on spotify or wherever it is that you're listening in so thank you so much and i hope you enjoy this episode bye